0: Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life, good news, there is, and we show you how each week on All of You Hold, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I am so thrilled to be chatting with my friend, Cassidy Teresa of Cassidy Eats. You guys are going to love Cassidy. She's one of those people that immediately becomes your best friend. Do you know what I mean? Like she's so amazing. So today we are talking all about simplifying well-balanced living without sacrifice and what that means for Cassidy. I love this conversation because Cassidy has done a lot of different diets, has struggled with body image like pretty much all of us have, and she's landed in such a fabulous place. And so we're going to talk about how she got there and how we can get there too. It's a really fun, wonderful conversation that I think we all need to here. So I can't wait for you to listen. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Cassidy. I'm so excited, honestly, to just hang out with you for a bit today. I
1: know. I love spending time with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Okay. So before we dive into all things, Cassidy, can you tell us like a little tiny bit about yourself?
1: My name is Cassidy and I am a behavior change coach. I'm a content creator. I have a podcast. I'm also newly the head of parties at Party Trick, a so female excited. founded startup. Yeah. So when you asked me the question of who are you, tell me a little bit about yourself. There's so much. I live in Denver <laughs> like you with my yeah. husband, Pi. I have my two service dog rejects, Lola and Bodhi. And Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. What I like to think of myself as is a representative of the entry point to health and wellness. When you're looking at the world of health and wellness, and I do this in my content, I do this in my podcast, I do this in my everyday life. So that's why it's hard for me to answer this question of who are you? (laughs) So when it comes to wellness, and I think we may have talked about this before, and health and wanting to better your health, wanting to better your relationship to your health, we see people online who are very ashwagandha at the level of herbs and adaptogens and hormones. And it's just sometimes a little intimidating. So I like to be the person who is at the door, like, Hey, you're welcome here too. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Let's talk about it. Let's improve the relationship you have to your health. It's not this thing that should scare you or turn you away, which is probably why you have a bad relationship with it in the first place. So I like to think of myself as like the onboarding person, the soccer mom who stands at the door of health and wellness and empowers others to make a change. No, that's such a good way to put it, Cassidy,
0: because I'm for myself, I hope not what I project to the world, but for myself, I'm like, I have to do it all right. Mm. And that's such an overwhelming, really like thought process of if I want to get into this health and wellness world. I want to better my health, my relationship to health, that I have to do all of it. So I love that approach of like, how can we make this easy? How can we make it accessible? How can we take someone who's potentially eating McDonald's three times a day and welcome them into this community? How can we let people put their pinky toe into it? And what does that look like? Yeah, I Mm. love that so much. So I feel like your tagline is, simplifying well-balanced living without sacrifice, which just speaks to my soul. And honestly, I hear that phrase. And to me, it feels like an arrival. Like I'm like, Cassidy has arrived, like she's (laughs) here, but I don't feel like that's where you really started. So can you tell us about the
1: journey that got you here to where you are now? Yeah, I started Cassidy Eats, an Instagram account. I would say it's hard for me to pinpoint. I don't feel like scrolling all the way back, but it was (laughs) post-college. So I had been on a journey of my own of honestly wanting to lose weight. And that was really all I ever thought about. I struggled with an eating disorder for my 20s, all of my teens, pretty much most of my life I struggled with an eating disorder. And I started the account after I had seen some success using Weight Watchers at the time. Yeah, tracking my food. I was between like junior and senior year of college, going on trips, living my life, working, and also losing weight and finding this balance that I never could find in the past because Mm -hmm. I was used to cutting out carbs, Atkins. Like in my mind, I associated not even just healthy living, but if I want to be healthy, if I want to have the body that I dream of, I have to torture and sacrifice and restrict myself. And the reason that my tagline or whatever is what it is, is because there is a world in which you can have a healthy, balanced lifestyle mm-hmm. and not sacrifice a single damn thing and not restrict yourself in any way. And when we were just talking about this idea of simplifying well-balanced living, it's never going to be either or, it's always mm-hmm. going to be both. Yeah, And It took me a long time to learn that. So I created an Instagram account. I'm sharing this journey. I'm evolving. I'm, this is what I'm cooking. Hey, it's actually cheaper to prep Chipotle burritables at home. Here's how you do it than buying Chipotle every single week. In real time, I was figuring out what balance meant to me. And I'm still figuring that out, by the way. Yeah. Always Always evolving. For sure. So... I was doing that and it was just for fun on the side. And I feel like I really started to feel a connection to creating content around health and wellness when stories became a thing because I instantly had this window into my life where I could just be like, hey, this is what I'm cooking today. And I really connected with so many people who also were like, wait, you make this look like fun. Wait, cooking isn't hard. Wait, I want to go into the kitchen. I bought ingredients. I'm so proud of myself. I've never cooked before. And so I realized that something that I once carried so much shame about mm. was actually something that would connect me to so many people. So yeah. I continued posting on Cassidy Eats and it was always a side thing. Yeah. Cut to 2020. I was working in tech. I was incredibly burnt out. I had been pretty much peddled to the floor for the last six plus years Right, doing this on the side. I never really thought that I could be someone who makes money or has a career off of this. Yeah. And I just like Never really considered it. But then in 2020, I won a Ripple Award from Oprah on stage. Oprah herself. Oprah. The queen. My girl. Yeah. And it's hard too because it was March 7th, 2020. So there's definitely like a before and after for me, but it's the before and after the pandemic and everything that we went through, but also the before and after of me having someone like Oprah give me an award for something that I spent 2% of my energy on that I was like, wait a second what am I doing? Like, why am I wasting my time in this job that I'm working 16, 17 hours a day? I actually think I have something here. Oprah said so.
0: So like, okay. If Oprah says so. yeah. Yeah.
1: And she was incredible. Her team was incredible. And they did this video that was with people from my community thanking me for what I had done. And I was like, wait, you made me feel connected to myself just by sharing my journey and realizing that I'm not alone. Yeah, So it has just evolved, Cassidy Eats, yeah. into so much more than I ever planned, Yeah, while at the same time being about my own personal evolution sure. being in my 20s and 30s, but also coming to terms with, I'm never dieting again in my life and yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. I thought that, like I was saying earlier, I had this perspective on health as equaling like torture and sacrifice <laughs> and the chicken and broccoli yes. that we think of and... I also at the same time, while I'm in my career, really did not understand the fact that we spend five days working in an office I was mm-hmm. five days eating shit we hate doing things that we don't want to do going to this office that we don't really want to go to for two days that we like like that math ain't math then so no, it's I, not mathin'. from that moment of starting my corporate career trying to figure out my health and wellness, all of it has been unraveling for years and years for me to realize that. Balance is achievable, whether that's in your career, whether that's in your relationship to your health, whether that's in what you eat. Like, yeah, I don't want to tell you, I'm never going to tell you to stop eating McDonald's if you love it. But yeah, I also am going to show you, hey, there's a really great recipe for this salad that you might want sometimes too. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So I want you to give us more
0: specifics about what was your past relationship with food, mm-hmm. dieting, maybe even body image and where you find yourself today. But also, how do you just decide to be balanced after having disordered eating, disordered thoughts and Mm. feeling like you had to restrict all the time? How do you stop that?
1: It's hard. (laughs) Shout out to anybody out there who's trying to do it. It's definitely not easy. And I think it was me just trying to figure out what I wanted my life to feel like, too, Mm -hmm. because I'm talking about this five days of like misery for two days, you know, that we like. And then if you own a house, then you don't even you're at Home Depot, like you don't even get the two days to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) But when I think about my younger self, when I think about myself in college, when I think about myself in high school, it was always like around February, March, I always started the Atkins diet to get ready for spring break. And I would drop 20 pounds. I would bring like just meat and cheese, basically, and lettuce to school for lunch and drink three Diet Dr. Peppers. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I told myself I had this kind of understanding that this is what I had to do to get Mm -hmm. the body that I want. If I Mm -hmm. want this body, I'm going to, and this is what I got to do. Like other people don't have to think about this, but I do because I'm bigger. Like I always. Mm. was aware of the size of my body Mm. from a young age, from other people. My doctor, I remember I was in junior high. My doctor told me to stop eating bread, rice, and potatoes. Stop it. And like I did. I just don't really feel like I ever had that positive role model. One like body, you grew up in the early 2000s. You remember what it was like. So I vividly remember when Hillary Duff was considered fat. Oh yeah, oh vividly. you like, <laughs> yes. And people don't remember what that was like. So I just yeah. I kind of had this acceptance of just, okay, if I'm funny, I have great hair. I love You do have great hair. <laughs> I do. I will say that I was like, okay, I have all these great things about myself. I'm just my flat tire, I'm using air quotes around that, is that I'm bigger. And I feel so sad for that version of myself, because the belief that I held was that I wasn't worthy at the size Mm -hmm. that I was at. So it was about, okay, what can I do that isn't super sacrificial? That's something I'm okay with, but I'm still losing weight. Like it was always Mm -hmm. about losing weight. It was always about restriction and also about, did I deserve this? So like, Yeah. On a weekend or no, actually I have a better example. If somebody would ask me to go out on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, you want to meet up for margaritas, you want to meet up for happy hour. It would send me into a full panic because I was reserving being bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the weekend. Yeah, Weekdays were for being good. So what happened was I became so obsessed and so regimented around Mm -hmm. what was appropriate when and I wasn't flexible. And so then it became good and bad. And you're also living in this world of like off and on. I'm on track. I'm off track. I'm on track. I'm off track. Yes. I'll get back on track Monday. Yeah, But what would happen with that would be I would eat the meal prepped food that I would have for the entire week. And I would get to Friday and make a pan of brownies or bake. I love baking. Or I would go out to eat and I would just go insane because Mm -hmm. I was hungry, empty, and also just eating plain food for five days prior to that. Yeah. yeah. So it just became this like on, off, on, off. And now that I've become a coach and now that I've spent so much time talking to hundreds, if not thousands of women, I realized that I'm not alone in this feeling of, I need to be good. I need to be bad. I deserve a treat, like having this mindset around food. So I think Long winded answer your question about, you know, like how I evolved on this journey is it's a lot of things, but I think what it all comes down to is my self worth and how I felt about myself and my self love. So I got to this point of being so tired of my own shit. That's really what happened. Yeah, totally. I had done. Weight Watchers on and off for years because it had worked. But what would happen is I would stop tracking points and then I would find myself gaining 20 pounds and then shaming myself for gaining 20 pounds because I knew how to lose the weight. Why didn't I keep it off? And it was just this constant battle in my head. Yeah. And if somebody would ask me to go out on a Tuesday, I'd be like, don't you know that I'm trying to eat in my points and like be healthy? And it was always, I'm being healthy today. I'm not being healthy today. And the days that I wasn't being healthy, I would eat like... Insane amounts of food, or I would bake brownies. But it's Sunday night, and tomorrow I'm getting back on track. I would eat the, the whole, whole pan of brownies. Eat the whole pan of brownies. Yeah, I gotta get rid of them, so I'm just gonna eat them today because today's a bad day. <laughs> yeah, and totally. I ended up doing Whole30 at a certain point because I realized that I'm like, what am I even doing? I'm tracking points. I'm getting this like fat-free ranch because it's zero points. And what am I eating? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm trying to cheat this system. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure.
0: I've never done Weight Watchers, but I would absolutely cheat the system. I yeah. did. And I I'm would sure like, everyone does. Yeah.
1: I would have my food scale and I would try to get just the amount of food under so like I wouldn't even have to track the points for things. So I got to a point where I Did not want to track ever again in my entire life, a single morsel of food. I didn't want to weigh. I didn't want to have to wash my measuring cups. I just felt like it was so much extra work for me when I really wanted to learn how to eat and just eat. And I envied people who had that balance naturally and didn't have the struggle. Yeah. I've learned now that most people struggle and they just aren't honest about it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet (laughs) that's true. Yeah. But also getting to this point of what would it look like if I never tracked again? I felt the fear of yes. diet culture and diet thinking yeah. of if I stop, I'm going to gain weight, I'm going to be yeah. so big, and no one's going to want me or love me. But I felt the fear and I did it anyway. Yeah, because at that point, it was about my mental health. And I think yes. that so this was probably I don't know, I got married in 2018. And I didn't diet for my wedding. But I still was like, figuring things out. But I would say 2019 2020. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to figure out how to do this without the tracking, without the points. And what I've learned is it's about self-trust. I realized I didn't mm. trust myself. That's what it was. Yeah. interesting. I didn't trust myself to know how to eat without the frameworks or structures of diets mm-hmm. in front of me. I didn't feel safe without them. And sure. so that's why I would go off the rails and then go back in. So it was like all sure. in or all out. And I just got tired of that. And also
0: too, Cassidy, I feel like when you're in this dieting state, you're so out of touch with your body in terms Mm -hmm. of you're like, if I don't feel like I'm about to starve, then I'm doing it wrong. Whereas our bodies are meant to have hunger cues, have full cues, help us understand what to eat. So it sounds like you are also... Starting to be able to listen to your body Mm -hmm. and those signals, which I've never really considered the fact that we really are just like telling our body, I'm going to ignore that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when we're dieting, we're saying, no, what you're telling me is wrong. And instead I'm going to eat four almonds today instead of a healthy meal that will keep me full and keep
1: me nourished and all those things. Mm -hmm. So I did a whole 30 and... This was during the time where RX bars, we were ordering them on Amazon. Like it wasn't as easy to get food. Like today, you can find something at a gas station, at least in Denver, that has great ingredients. But at the time, it was also this journey. I started Whole30 and I felt free. I was like, oh my God, I'm not tracking anything. I'm eating chicken, sausage, and eggs, and I'm having a full breakfast, and I'm really eating a lot of food, and I feel incredible. Good. but when I got towards the end, like day 26, 27, I started to panic again because I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like, I I don't trust myself. And so then I think I realized I need to figure out some balance between Mm -hmm. living this healthy lifestyle, eating whole foods, but also knowing when I'm full and knowing how to take care of my body too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to pinpoint things, but I think, as I've mentioned, it's been an evolution. It's been a journey. It's been years and years of my life. Also, This is interesting. And I kind of want to talk about this because I've been in therapy. I haven't seen her in a while, but I've been in therapy on and off since 2016. So a long time. I have seen the same woman for a really long time. I never once talked about food or my feelings around food or my panic around food or the anxiety that I felt. I also considered myself as someone who never experienced anxiety. I was experiencing anxiety. I was just like channeling it into my feeling helplessness yes. around food. Yeah. And I got to a certain point within the last couple of years and I said something to her along the lines of, "Yeah, I had an eating disorder." She's, "Oh, I know." <laughs> and not in the like I've been waiting for you to figure this out, but more of just like a you've been talking about it without talking about it. Ah. And like I said, I got to this point of not wanting to track and wanting to just figure out how to live without having so much of my brain space taken up by what my body looks like and what I'm putting into it and when and why and like the logistics and panic of all of it. And I put my mental health first. I, like I said, felt the fear of if I don't diet, if I don't only have one piece of cheese on my sandwich versus two, I felt the fear of what would happen if I did that. And I did it anyway. And I'm so glad that I did because I've learned that your mental health is really the key to everything, but yeah. I still talk to women and this is why I love talking about it and going on podcasts and creating mm-hmm. the content that I do about the fear that mm-hmm. they feel. Mm-hmm. I still have 30 pounds to lose. I need to lose 30 pounds. I gained 20 pounds in the pandemic and just the desperation and panic that they feel about needing to get that weight off like yesterday yep. and me being that person to be like, Why? Why do you feel like you need to lose that weight? Because I think what you're really trying to tell me is you want to feel better. You want to feel good. You want to feel like yourself. You don't want to feel skinnier. You just want to feel good. You want to feel like yourself. And so it's just been all intertwined. Yeah. (laughs) To be in a place now where I haven't tracked a single morsel of food. I haven't even thought about it and I never will again because I have built that Mm self-trust. I have learned how to take care of myself. I've learned how to follow my hunger cues and also my cycle. Like why does no one teach us about that and eating? Seriously. And you know, I was many, many years where I was not eating a single thing and then having cold brew, like three or four cups of cold brew until three o'clock. Yes. I'd go into the office, like at the kitchen in my office, and I'd just yes. have some peanut butter pretzels and a Diet Coke and then carry yeah. on with my day. Exactly. And then I would eat dinner, but then I'd be in the pantry at 10 o'clock at night. So I yes. really, I don't know, Caroline, I just got sick of my own shit. Like, yeah, I really did. And I faced it and figured out what it meant for me to create an experience for my life mm-hmm. that felt like mine. I wanted to feel like myself and ultimately realized through all this, everything that I'm talking about, you're in charge of your own experience. And that's like what it really Mm -hmm. comes down to. You're in charge of your own experience. And I like to think about it as you're riding in a car. So many times we are like, we're not going to enjoy. I'm not going to enjoy. I'm not going to let myself be happy. I'm not going to look up. I'm going to be like 10 and two heads down on the steering wheel because I see where I'm trying to go and I'm not going to celebrate until I get there. But what I figured out is how to enjoy the ride. I drive with my windows down. I got the music up loud. I'm having so much fun. I know that I'm going to get there. I see it in the horizon. But you spend so much more of your time on the actual journey versus being at this destination that you're like so obsessed with, whether that's weight, whether that's could be anything, it could be a job, it could be so much. We often, especially women, hold ourselves back from being happy because we feel like we don't deserve it because we feel like we're not doing enough. And I'm not a mom, but I can understand why women feel that way. But it's about your body. It's about like your house isn't clean enough. It's about Mm -hmm. so many things that we shame ourselves for not having perfect that we don't let ourselves be happy. And I let myself be happy. I let myself live and be present in the moment. And if you invite me out right now for margaritas, like I'm coming. We're going. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> if I had time before school pickup, we'd be there. <laughs> you know, but, and yes. It, so good. It, yeah. I don't know. I could talk about this stuff for a really long time. <laughs> I know.
0: I do think it's interesting because the concept of balance almost stresses me out because if you think of an actual scale, it's like really hard To have two things exactly the same and be balanced. Mm -hmm. But I think the important thing to think about when we're talking about this, especially since we're talking about food, is like when we're talking, I'm going to be quote unquote good Monday through Friday. And I'm going to be quote unquote bad Saturday and Sunday on the weekends or whatever. And I think that is such a common, such Mm -hmm. a common thing for people. it is. Like... First of all, you're not enjoying the journey, like you're saying, but also if we are overly restricting all of the time and as a health coach, I see that all the time. People come to me and they're like, I eat, I don't know, 800 to a thousand calories a day. And I'm like, my toddler eats more. And I think that we just get into this minds our bodies will either be in famine or feast right so like we're under eating and then our bodies think shoot there's a famine so what do we do then when we're overeating, it's just holding on to everything right and Mm -hmm. so when you get into this place where you're like yeah I'm gonna eat this healthy I'm gonna eat one of Cassidy's salads for lunch and then I'm gonna have a handful of hue chocolate covered cashews because Dang, they're good. They're so good. When we're enjoying what we're doing and eating on the way, like I feel like we don't have this need to eat an entire chocolate cake Matilda style. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't mm-hmm. have this like when we're feasting and famineing, it's a boomerang effect. So we feel like we have to restrict so much more. And then on the other end, we're like this incredible overeating binge fest fest. feast. And so balance, I feel like is more just eat the cookie, do the thing. And I think for me, one thing that helps me is I love healthifying food and not that you have to, but Mm. like I have some tried and true recipes that are like my gluten free brownies with like maple syrup and almonds and stuff. And honestly, I think they taste delicious, but they're also like really nutrient dense. And for me, that helps me be like, yeah, I'm gonna have this at lunch. And I actually also don't feel bad, not guilty, but like how I feel in my body mm-hmm. is still the same and isn't fluctuating
1: so much to talk about on no, this topic. I, that's actually something I didn't even mention and is important to mention because I think we blame ourselves for being obsessed with the Oreos and can't stop right. thinking about the Oreos. I can't go to the grocery store without thinking about where they're at and going down the aisle and then all of a sudden they're in my cart and like feeling this helplessness and feeling yeah. like you have no control over these types of things. But people don't realize that these types of foods, these processed foods are designed for you to be addicted to them. So the shame that we feel of not being able to break the habit of eating them is actually not our fault and by design. And it means that it's working. And I think the food system, that's like a whole other topic and conversation, but allowing yourself to feel excited about fruits and vegetables. Yeah be open to what that actually could mean. You know what I mean? Working them into your life. I remember when I started eating veggies, I would always have like multiple dips. I would have like ranch and blue cheese. And (laughs) like, if that's how you're going to eat vegetables, let that be how you eat vegetables. And don't feel bad that you're just like not eating plain, like dry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, gross. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the second thing I think that a lot of people struggle with myself included, and it was a big realization for me is... When I was trying to make a change, when I was like, "Okay, like thinking about wanting to be healthier was really overwhelming because it felt like I had to change my entire life, yeah, and one thing about me, I love a little treat. I love going out, yeah, I love going to Target. I love doing a little errands on a Saturday and then going through the drive through. like I used to love doing that. And yeah, when you're thinking about being healthier, you're like, "Oh, I just have to eat what's at home." I realized that. I like being out. I like getting a little something through the drive through. It's not necessarily that I want the Big Mac or the chicken fingers. Yeah. It's that I just like going to get myself a little treat. Yeah. So I found myself like, I love going to Sonic Happy Hour and getting a water with strawberries and lemon and their big ice. That was still like hitting the fix for me. And it wasn't about, eating the Big Mac or eating the whatever. It was about just the habit and the behavior and something that I really enjoyed doing. And I still gave it to myself in a way that made sense with the new lifestyle that I was trying to work towards.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I do feel like healthy swaps is like maybe one of the biggest keys (laughs) for Mm -hmm. me, at least. Just like you're saying, and I do the same thing. Like we've seen each other at Sprouts and I like every single, not every single time, a lot of times when I'm at Sprouts, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a green juice and it's $2. I don't know. It's probably $4, whatever. But like, it feels like a treat. So it's Mm -hmm. not a venti, Starbucks, five pump, hazelnut latte. It's like something that I find to be exciting, but it's also like relatively healthy. Or I'll go get like little chocolate, they're like functional chocolate squares, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. like they're delicious. And it feels like a treat. But I don't know, it's like like an upgrade from if I had gotten like a box of Oreos and eaten all of them. And so I do think it's important. And I do this with clients all the time, you feel like you need to eat a whole chocolate cake, what can we It it really is about the mental aspect. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm, it really mm -hmm. is about the like dopamine hit that you get. It's about, but we can swap things and uh, you can make your own healthier cake or whatever. We can swap things and it can actually make a pretty big impact when we do that.
1: Yeah. I think that finding balance and living a healthy lifestyle is not so much about being on track or off track, like we were talking about earlier. It's not about being on track or off track. It's about making the commitment to understand yourself, Mm. but also making the commitment to serve yourself in a real way, like actually doing it, not performatively, not doing the workout because everybody else is doing the workout. Not like buying the... I love TikTok. I'm a huge fan of TikTok. And I have felt over the last couple of months to a year that there's this over glorification of like wellness about how it's like the green juice and having the perfect workout set and having everything like matching and beautiful and aesthetic and like wellness yeah. is not an aesthetic and it's yeah. hard on social media because it can feel like it is at times or it can feel like oh I gotta buy this supplement and that supplement and everybody's buying supplements and it's expensive to be well. So which expensive. It, it is, is. It and is. that sucks. Yeah. It is a it's honestly a privilege. It be, it's a privilege to even think about wanting to be well and having I the know. time and having the access. We live in Denver. I talk about this all the time people follow me and they see me going to the farmers market and sprouts and all these things there are people who live in my neighborhood who like can't access the things that I can access because we live in so many different food deserts in in a right. metro area yeah so i thinking about it as a privilege but it's going back to making this commitment to understand and serve yourself in a real way and wellness not being an aesthetic to me wellness was like literally crying for months and months like grieving for my younger self of holy shit, like I feel so sad for my younger self who felt such pain and felt like she wasn't worthy and also making a spreadsheet of my debt and also not buying anything new. And like my wellness became something that you can't tangibly see. Yeah. And on TikTok and on social media, it's presented as an aesthetic. Yep. And like I was saying at the beginning, I really enjoy being somebody who Gives that possibility and hope to somebody who feels overwhelmed or discouraged by wanting to start because Mm -hmm. wanting to start is like huge and being able to acknowledge that even if you've never said it out loud to anyone ever, like wanting to change and wanting to do that is so incredibly amazing. It's about navigating the behaviors that you want to keep in your life. Go get a little treat in the drive through you know, but maybe you're okay without this thing. And right. it's about navigating the people. So this was something I thought of earlier that I did want to mention because when I was coaching women at WW, it was always about, oh, my husband doesn't want to eat the healthy X, food. Z. My kids want this. I feel like I'm a short order cook. I feel like I'm making all these other things. And my question would always be, how are you presenting it to them? Because- When you're making a change in your home, no matter who lives there, if you're like, this is a healthy recipe. I got a new, oh, tonight we're eating healthy. It's going back to that good and bad thing. But if you say to your family, tonight's dinner is chicken tenders. And then they're like, oh, like the healthy kind or the not healthy kind. Like the way that the conversation takes place in your home is like how it's going to be received. If you just make dinner and say, hey, like chicken tenders for dinner tonight, your kids eat it. Your husband loves it, whatever. They might notice that it's different than something that you made in the past, but they don't need to know the specifics of like it being like, (laughs) yes, if it's all about how you present it. And then that kind of comes back to, it can be fun. And most people believe that it is not fun. It can't be fun. If we succeed that we have to hustle and grind and torture ourselves to get to the place that we want to get to, because maybe that's worked in the past. Maybe I've tortured myself and gotten, but were you happy? Um, Like, did you have any fun? Did you smile? Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's what it's about. It's about being in your car, driving down the road, having fun, whatever that looks like to you. And. You have to present the changes that you're making in a way that makes other people want to do it too. You have to make it look so fun mm-hmm. and you have to try and have fun yourself so that other people wanna join you. Yeah. And so it's what are you saying to your family? Are you saying a healthy recipe tonight, a WW recipe tonight? And they're probably like, Oh my God. Well, <laughs> this is <terrible>. gonna <laughs> Yeah. And then they have a pre like, Oh, well, make it this other way. I only want you to make it this way. Mm-hmm. And then it can leave women, these moms, feeling super discouraged because they feel like they want to change, but it is so overwhelming because you're the provider for your kids and you're cooking for your husband and whatever. It just feels like impossible to change because of the people around you too.
0: Yeah. Which is why I feel like so many of us and so many of my friends who create recipes, it's like the goal is that it's tasty, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't... Yeah. That's like always my goal because I don't want to eat gross stuff. I want to eat delicious stuff. (laughs) So that's (laughs) the goal is that we're making like this healthy lifestyle delicious and that it doesn't feel like restriction and it doesn't feel like we're missing anything. It's hard. Like our whole family, besides Chaz, our whole family is gluten-free. And so I try really hard to make delicious gluten-free recipes. It's not always the easiest thing, but I think that it's important. Okay. So I, one last question before we wrap up, I want to know what are your favorite current like wellness rituals Mm or practices, or products, and things that you, like, things that do bring you joy. Like, you're just like, this feels like a celebration to me.
1: Every day is a celebration.
0: Enjoy the journey, Cassidy.
1: No, I have a lot. I am totally obsessed with and the mayor of, I've deemed myself the mayor of the Higher Dose Infrared Sauna Blanket because... Girl,
0: I have one too. Oh. I freaking love it.
1: I love it too. I really do. And... It's totally replaced baths for me. And yes. like I feel so much better too. Yeah. It, it, so I have an injury. Like I love it for so many reasons. But I think overall it's really helped with my anxiety. It's helped with my mm-hmm. sleep. And it's just really been a beautiful addition to my routine. Yeah.
0: And it is expensive, but it is so much more affordable. Like I've wanted an infrared sauna forever. And essentially mm. Chaz was like, Can you get this one? That is four hundred ninety nine dollars, and instead of the Swedish wooden one that was like eight thousand dollars, can we be sh- Can we make sure that you like this? And now I love the higher dose blanket so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's expensive. One to acknowledge that, but in comparison to a really intense infrared sauna, I feel like it's more affordable.
1: It is. It's. Well, and I've been on a journey with that. I started by going in Cherry Creek and then I was yeah. like, huh, like this is expensive, but yeah. I like this and I'd love to see if I could be more consistent because that's where the benefits really come into play. Right. It totally. also saved me from COVID. I had COVID a couple of months ago and that yeah. I think is like one of the main things that helped me heal. Really? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So that I love, I think... The other thing is meditation. It took me a long time to find and build a practice that works for me, but I... It has changed my life. I yeah. It's like one of those like drink water and people are like, yeah, no, like seriously, if you can find a way to get still for 20 minutes a day, it will yes. truly transform your entire experience. Yeah. And I think the third thing, it's not necessarily like a product or like a wellness thing, but it's something that's really helped me in my life is managing the access that other people have to me and being super intentional yes. about that. Yes. Tell me more. So... I have always been a people pleaser, everything to everyone. I want to be the greatest friend. I want to be the greatest host. I want to achieve everything. And I was leaving myself off of that list, not even at the bottom, like completely off of that list. I never had considered how to take care of myself. And in right. learning how to, I realized. When I became a better friend to myself than I, as good of a friend to myself as I was to other people, I kind of realized, wait, like there are people who are not good friends to me that I have in my life. Yes. And using intention around who has access to me, when, where, and why, and being just super intentional about how I move through my life is another thing that's just like really changed the game for me. Yeah. And it's been a journey. Sure. (laughs) Like I keep saying, but... It's been really like, I'm feeling the ROI of that now of being intentional about that. And I think it's the boundaries, but it's not, Mm. it's managing the access that other people have. And I talked about this in my coaching not that long ago, and it's in my head. So I feel like this is going to be a good way to share this example. It's like when you open your windows today, it's a beautiful day in Colorado. It's so good open all the windows. And then as the sun starts to set, we shut our windows. It's getting cold. We don't yell out. Hello, neighbors. I'm shutting my windows. Like we don't tell everyone. And I think that so many people think that when you're managing the access to you or when you're navigating boundaries, it's sometimes a conversation. It's sometimes not. And it's just how you're feeling. So you shut your windows and you manage the temperature of your inside of your house. It's getting cold in here. I need some. And thinking of it like that, gave me a little bit more permission to navigate as I see fit. Yeah. To get over the overwhelm of what I'm doing isn't working, but I am really afraid to just basically tell everyone in my life, you can't access me. I never even did that, but I have changed the way that I manage how people access me and how I meet them. Turns out when it's more intentional, it's so much more impactful. So if you get 30 minutes a day with me, like we're going to have the best 30 minutes ever. Yeah. I might not answer your texts because <laughs> I have ADHD. And also, yeah, I just, t- it's too much. Like, I I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm done living in respond mode, right? Like, yes. I'm living for myself and other people. And this isn't against anyone ever in my life, but yeah. I think we can all relate to feeling like you have to respond to a text. Oh, someone sent me a text. You're driving. Oh, somebody texted me. And you're like constantly looking at your texts because you want to yeah. respond. I literally check my texts twice a day, if that like an email inbox. And I have myself on DND all the time because I just do, it's better for my mental health. I can answer it. If I'm like cooking a steak and then someone texts me and then I'm like, Oh shit, I burnt the steak because I got distracted. Like I don't want to be distracted. So it's a lot of different things, but it's really just being intentional and managing my own experience.
0: No, and I love that so much cuz it's so funny. I have this like in my little like sitting area podcast room. I have this window that I'll show you in a second. And it's like sliding doors and I actually had it open right before this podcast and we have these cute little twinkle lights and literally right by the door. I'm talking an inch from the door, a bird came and landed on that thing. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) like the birds coming in. Because I've always wondered if we have this eight foot window sliding door thing open, are there going to be birds that come in? And honestly, there's no birds in Colorado, but at least in the city, but this bird came in and I was actually just thinking like, that was such a weird experience because I had to slam the door really fast. But that's exactly what you're talking about. Like for whatever reason, these phones are so weird. And people just have constant access to you. Like, it's like the bird who can just fly into your life and then you are expected to respond. And I saw a meme recently that was like, (laughs) text messages are like these weird presents (laughs) that someone like wraps, puts a bow on top and puts them on your bed but if there's no event and you weren't, wor- mm. yeah, but you're expected to open
1: this present and have a response. But that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, uh- it's so bizarre. I, yeah, I have a lot of unread text messages and I will answer them when I answer them, but it's just, again, coming back to what do you want the experience of your life to feel like? I got to a point where I was so sick of my own shit of excuses, of feeling like this is what I have to do if I want, like, like you don't have to suffer. You don't have to struggle. And then three, like learning that my mental health is the most important thing. And honestly, the driver of my entire experience overall and as break it down to the basics. It's just like we overcomplicate it and I overcomplicated yeah. it myself for so long. And I'm not here to minimize the experience of having an eating disorder because I have and it's really tough. Yeah. But I hope that anyone listening who has struggled can at least take from this that balance and health and improving the relationship that you have with yourself and your body or your health or whatever is about making the commitment to understand yourself and serve yourself. And it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Yeah.
0: Amen. So good. Okay. Last question Mm. that I ask everybody. So when you're looking back at the end of your life, what does a successful life look like to you?
1: I want to use the word happy, but I think the word peace makes more sense here because I want to live a slow life. Like, I want to achieve a lot of things but i think the goal is for me to have this just peace around the experience of my life but also leave the world better than i found it like yeah through and through if i can use my words and use my creativity and use what i've learned to produce words and share stories and help someone make the connection i will be so happy
0: (laughs) yes Love it. Thank you so much for being here, Cassidy. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thank you so much for a super fun, great conversation, Cassidy. Listeners, Cassidy has so much going on. Check out her website at CassidyEats.com. You can also find her on Instagram and TikTok at CassidyEats. She has a fabulous podcast called Podcasts. That's P O D C A S S. And like you heard, she is head of parties at Party Trick. So that's PartyTrick.com. Use the code Cassidy to get two months free. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.